This is Kevin Chapman, and you're listening to the Mike Sappho Podcast. Hey, Kevin what's up? Chapman, what's up, my friend? How are you, pal? Nice to meet you, bro. Nice to see you. How are you doing, all right? Kev, I look you up and down, and you have to wear the Patriot stuff. <laughs> yes, I do. That's a rough way to start the interview. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Did you know the Red Sox won this year as well? I did, and do you know... <laughs> Who was, knew, right? It was 99 <laughs> days between the championships. That's unbelievable. It's a tough time to be a that's Boston a, fan, isn't like it? Double, you know, we don't call it Boston anymore. It's called Title Town now. It is, Title Town. Watch the lips. Title Town. You deserve it, though. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm not... So my fiance, you met her in the hallway. She's legit <clears throat> Patriots fan. Like Rob Gronkowski, she told me. Oh, I know. She loves him. She make you put the shirt on once in a while? No, no. I don't Come wear the on. Shirt. You know Come what, Kev, on. I don't know. You know what? I don't even hate the Patriots because I don't know if it's one of three things. One, if I truly appreciate watching greatness. He's the greatest who's ever played Brady. So I don't know as a sports fan if it's one, I appreciate him. Two, because I don't want to root against her. Or three, I'm a big Giants fan. So the two oh, times yeah. we played them, we won. So it's more of an appreciation. Yeah, but you know what? Point. Even a broken watch is right twice a day. You know what I mean? <laughs> But you're a diehard sports fan, right? I am. Actually, I have a very uh, a good f- – Steve Diossi is a very close friend of mine. Okay. Whose son, Zach, is the long snapper for the sure, Giants. Sure, sure. So I, t- I attend quite a, few, uh, quite a few Giant games. I went on Twitter, and you're on – you're at every sporting event. There's a picture of you with all the Red Sox rings and then a picture of you watching Serena Williams. You're everywhere with sports. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. I go to I, – U.S. Open is something my wife and I do every year, and mm-hmm. then uh, we try to do the Final Four uh, the hoops. Who's your team? Do you have a team? Um, no, well, my wife went to UConn. She went to undergrad at UConn, oh. so that she's I'm a big, Kentucky fan. But Die UConn is Kentucky. just, you know, my, my wife hates Calipari. Of course. Hates him. Uh, <laughs> I like him because he, he coached, he started his career at UMass uh-huh. uh, with Marcus Camby. But, um, Took him to the Final Four in 96. Yeah. Well, kind of a funny story. So I'm on Martha's Vineyard uh, in a coffee shop in Martha's Vineyard in, in Oaks Bluffs, and there were two people in the coffee shop, me and Spike Lee. And it was the day Marcus Camby got traded for Charles Oakley. Uh, and Spike was reading the paper. And, and like I said, it was, we were the only two people in the coffee shop. And Spike Lee, I thought he was going to start crying. He's going, man, Charles is my boy. Oh. Charles is my boy. And, he's, and he looks at me and he goes, you know anything about Camby? <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, I want to thank you in advance because next year you're going to give us to Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's going to coach no, he's next. not. I'll tell you right now. Here's my prediction. Kyrie Irving is going to end up in Los Angeles. You really think so? Yeah, 100%. 100%. He's, you know, he says, uh, tell me in July. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. He is going to Los Angeles. And go play with LeBron again? Uh, you know what it is? He wants to be out in Hollywood. He wants to be around all the movie makers and the shakers. Because I think Uncle Drew was mm-hmm. the thing that, yep. that changed his life. Of course it did. And he wants to be out there. And you know LeBron saying to him, I th- honestly, I think the three of them are going to, I think it's going to be Davis. I think it's going to be Davis. Kyrie and LeBron. That's what's oh. going to end up happening in, in Los Angeles. That's my prediction. But I definitely feel that he wants to go back out there because he wants to be around all the people who are making movies. And he wants to, and that's the, and everyone knows that's the reason why LeBron went there. LeBron went there because he didn't have this allegiance to the Los Angeles Lakers. It's like he knows he's at the end of his career. He wants to transition. I'm, Adam, as a matter of fact, I did. Uh, I appeared on a show that LeBron produced uh, called Survivor's Remorse on Stars. Um, Last two years ago, maybe. Um, so he's, you know, he's definitely getting in the game and he's making content. And, and I know that Kyrie that's wants to take a page out of his book. I think you can ruin my day anymore. Patriot stuff. Kyrie's not coming to New York. Anything else you want? How about Bryce Harper? Well, it's great though. I think, they, <laughs> I think the Knicks got rid of everyone, right? I think they were like trading like popcorn sellers out of the stands. <laughs> like, yo, you're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Kev, I went on the internet, and obviously everything I read about you on the internet is true, correct? 
Uh, not all of it. <laughs> uh, you worked for Mayor Menino. I did. And you want to know the uh, irony? I worked for Opie from Opie and Anthony. Oh, no kidding. They got fired from Boston yeah, by yeah. saying the mayor yeah. died on April Fool's. Were you right. working for Menino back I was, then? as a matter of fact. I think I was. Was I there yeah. then? I think I was. But Jay Moore is a close friend of mine. Okay. And Jay and Opie and Anthony were, I don't know, I think they had a falling out or something. I don't know. Everybody has a falling out with Jay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. Everybody who comes on. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, so I don't know if I was there or if I had already left and gone to Los Angeles, but I remember it very distinctly. Fill in the gap. You went from Mayor Menino to Hollywood. Where did that come from? A love of acting always? Or? No, so here's the whole thing. So I worked for the mayor. I was I was a community liaison to the mayor. So what we I had um, uh, Ward 13, which is the largest voting district in the city of Boston. That was my area. So anytime the mayor came out to the community... I was the guy to advance him if there were any, you know, issues in the community, uh, you know. So I would meet him at the curb, and I would walk in, and I would say, Mayor Steve's in there. He's upset because he didn't get, you know, a new sidewalk, and his kid didn't get into the right school or whatever. And I would brief him. So when the mayor walked in the building, he saw Steve. He'd be, hey, Steve, we're working on the sidewalk, and your kid's going to get in that school next week. You know what I mean? Of that's how That's how you diffuse things <clears throat> in politics. So I was working in a logistical capacity with um, with a, a director from New York by the name of Ted Demi. Uh, he was the nephew of Jonathan Demi. He was a Long Island guy, okay. and he was the greatest guy in the world. He was a he was a, he was a white guy from Long Island who created the MTV Raps. Okay, yeah. So um, they were doing a movie. Him and Dennis Leary were doing a movie called Monument Ave in in the city of Boston, and I was working with them um, in notifying people from the community that they were filming in the area, da, 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 just logistical stuff, you know, getting streetlights, you know, turned off, blah, blah, blah. So Demi says to me one day, he looks at me, he goes, can you act? I said, I think I'm intelligent enough to. <laughs> so he says, he gives me a script. He goes, read the script. So I read the script. So he, next day I see him, he goes, let's have lunch. So we go have lunch, me, him, and Dennis. And he says, tell me who that guy is, Mickey Pat. Tell me who he is. So I told him who I thought the guy was. And he goes, can you get three weeks off from work? I want you to play him. I was like, yeah. So I took my vacation time and no idea what I was doing. And I've known Dennis, you know, for from the Boston comedy scene because he went to Emerson and I used to go to, like, I used to bounce at the comedy clubs. So that's how I met Jay Moore okay. and, and so many guys, you know, Dave Attell and Dave Chappelle and all these guys, you know, Dane Cook, Bobby Kelly. Bobby Kelly, who I think pound for pound is the funniest human being on the He's unbelievable. Planet. Unbelievable. Uh, have you seen him? Uh, not Steve. Have you, ever seen, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen Bobby Kelly? Oh, if you get a chance to see him, go see him. He Hilarious. is the funniest bastard. I mean, I will put him up against anybody. That kid is a beast. Uh, so anyway, all these all these guys. So that's how I you know I met all these comedians. I used to. I had an apartment. I had a three bedroom apartment, uh, and I lived there by myself. So the guys couldn't make any money in New York, so they would come to Boston, and I had a. Uh, I've been abstinence from alcohol and drugs for almost 28 years now um the 80s weren't very good to me <laughs> uh so i used to i had a this this uh i guess you could call it sober club a buddy of mine owned so i used to do a comedy show there on wednesday nights for people that were just getting their lives back together to to just so that they knew that their life didn't end when they when they cleaned up. You know that you could still go out and laugh, and you could still go out and have fun. And so we used to do this comedy show. On, you you on gave Wednesday some nights. kind of normalcy in their life. Yeah, exactly. So we had I had you know I had David Tell there. I had everybody: Dane Cook, Bobby Kelly. I mean Jay Moore, 
Uh, anybody that was coming in from New York, the deal was you could stay at my house, <laughs> but you had to come in a day early and do the sober club for me on Wednesday nights. Okay. So that's how I developed all these relationships with all these these, these crazy comedians. But um, So like I said, I've known Dennis for forever. Um, and so, you know, they were like, can you can you get three weeks off from work and play this guy? And I'm like, yeah. So I'm there thinking, like, Dennis is going to help me. And Dennis looks at me and goes, dude, I gave you the job. You're on your own. So it was like I get thrown in the deep end of the pool, and it was like either swim or drown, you know? And how old were you at this point? Uh, I was like 35. Oh, so you were established. I was a man. Yeah, yeah. Career. I was working at the mayor's office. And, yeah, I was yeah. so I was a – so – um. So, yeah, so I, I, I did Monument Ave, and I was like, wow, I can do this, you know. Uh, and then I said, you know, so then I started auditioning, and then I got a small part inside the house rules, mm-hmm. a small part in the bedroom, and I started getting all these. So I said, you know, if I'm going to do this, i got to develop a craft. So I, okay. I quit my job, and I moved to Los Angeles, and I Ooh. studied. Uh, you said, yeah, that's what my girlfriend said to her five years when I told her I was moving Whoa. to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Did she go with she you? Went, Oof. <laughs> She's not my wife, and we have two kids. But <laughs> so, so she went with you to L.A. No, she she came a year later. Okay. Um. So um. Yeah. So I moved to Los Angeles, and I studied. I I, I bounced at the House of Blues at night, and I studied acting during the day. Uh. And then when I, you know, I got like a little guest star on this show and guest star on that show, and then uh, when Clint Eastwood casted me as one of the Savage Brothers in Mystic River. Uh, you know, I never, I never, look, never look back. Mystic River. Now you go with Clint Eastwood, uh, Kevin Bacon's in it, Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. uh, Sean Penn. Those yeah. are iconic names. Yeah, you're a rookie actor, even though yeah. you're a little older. Yeah, were you intimidated by that? Come on, dude, it was a home game. No, <laughs> <laughs> not intimidated yeah, at no, all. No, we had fun, man. It was great. It was fun. Any yeah. advice, Clint, or any cool moments you and Clint Eastwood? Well, yeah, so I have had great moments. I had really cool moments with Clint. So, so. You know, I'm, I mean, he's this iconic actor who I've watched, you know, The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, Dirty Harry. I mean, I've seen every Clint Eastwood movie under the sun, right? <laughs> so I says him one day, I said, boss, I said, give me some advice. And he just looks at me and goes, listen, and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but you know what? But you think about it, though, in acting, that's the whole thing. Like, people, you know, actors get so caught up in what they have to say as opposed to not really listening to what's being said to them. You know what I mean? Were you nervous so. that your charming Boston accent was going to be, you going to be stereotyped as only the Boston tough guy? Was well, that- I just played a New York cop for five years yeah. on precedent of interest. I mean, it's not, But early you know, on, that didn't, that wasn't like, oh, uh, whatever, who cares? That's I mean, some uh, movie. I can, I, you know, Colin Farrell's a great actor. I can listen to any movie that Colin Farrell's in and hear his Irish pop through. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a dialect. And if, if that's what you're listening to, then mm-hmm. I'm not really doing my job, you know. Um, and you're not watching the show for the right reason. If only looking for a guy for his accent, who cares? Yeah, I mean, whatever. You know, it's funny. People, you know, I've I've been I've had this debate with people, and they're like, "Why don't you get rid of your Boston accent?" It, it's who I am. That's who I am. That's mm-hmm. a, I'm I'm Boston's son, and I'm very proud of that. You know, um, you know, I, I can you know I did I played a. You know, IRA gunrunner on Sands of Anarchy with, uh, you know, a Northern Belfast accent. I mean, it's just it's just, it's just the dialect, you know what I mean? And it's, it, you know, what's so funny is because I think Boston, the Boston accent is so abrupt that um, people always comment on it. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I was English, yeah. they would never say, oh, you're from England. You know what <laughs> I mean? So it's like, you know, it, it's, 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 it's the most ridiculous thing in the world, you know? People go, if I'm Boston, I go, no, I don't think I said it quite like that, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. 
how was the early times when you moved out to L.A.? Any times you're like, oh, bad move by me? Oh, dude, forget about it. Like, you know, I'm like, my whole family's back here. I'm working mm-hmm. at the House of Blues. Um, so on Christmas night, the Jewish community out there has the matzah ball at the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. And here I am, the doorman, and everyone's walking in going, oh, the poor little Gentile's got to work. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm by myself, my family's back east, and I'm going, he's shitting me. What am I doing here, you know? <laughs> Oh, little Gentile boy, you got to work on Christmas, huh? Too funny. You were in Blow, so you worked with Johnny Depp? Funny. No, here's the thing. So Ted Demi directed Blow. Okay. All right? So I moved to L.A. I see Ted. Ted's like, Chappie, I'm doing this movie, Blow. We'll find something in there for you, right? I mean, I, like, just moved to L.A. Mm -hmm. So... Not hearing from Ted, not hearing from Ted, not hearing from I call him, I'm like, Teddy, what's going on? You know, oh, chap, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to take care of you. So he says, all right, I want you to come to this mansion up in Beverly Hills on like a Tuesday night. I want you to play the head of the DEA. So I'm like, cool. So I bump into Jay Moore that day and I tell Jay, hey, I'm working with Teddy up in, up in um, Beverly Hills tonight. Jay's like, where? And I give him the address, right? Unbeknownst to me, that I guess Ted Demi had once told Jay that he could play <laughs> one of the leading roles in the movie. So I don't know that Jay is just coming to the set to break Teddy's balls, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting in the seat, and and Penelope Cruz is sitting next. So it's Penelope Cruz, me, and then Jay. And Jay had didn't shut up the whole time he's on set. Bop, 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 bop. He's just breaking people's balls right and left, and. You know, I always tell Jay, and when Jay Moore leaves this earth, he should die on stage. Because I'll tell you, you know, as a comic, the guy is unbelievable. I mean, he's like, he's he's just such a showman, you know. And he's like saying shit to like Penelope Cruz, like, hey, where are you from? And she's like, Argentina. He's like, no shit, me too. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, shit like that, right? And Teddy's just rolling his eyes. And then finally Teddy looks at me and he goes, Chappie, how did Jay Moore find out our set? And, I, and I'm like, um... I, I guess I told him. And he's like, why don't you take your friend and leave? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I never got in front of the camera. So you're only on IMDb. It says blow. Teddy but- will hear this day in, in his perfect Teddy. Teddy was the most beautiful person in the world. <laughs> Teddy put me in the credits so I got my residual. Oh, wow. And paid me, but never put me in front <laughs> of the camera because he just wanted to get rid of Jay. Dude, that's uh, great. Uh, it was so funny. That's really funny because like I've seen Blow yeah. fifty times. Yeah, and you didn't see me in it. Yeah, but then I was going <laughs> to go back last night and be like, oh, let me see because you know I know you're coming on. We'll hang out and we'll talk yeah. about it. No, that's not funny. In. Good job yeah. by Teddy though. Yeah, no, Teddy was the best. Teddy was the the, the greatest guy. Uh, believe me, there was a hole in Hollywood when he when he passed. He was just an awesome guy. And this isn't a disrespectful thing. Hollywood seems to be very like ego driven and like uh, maybe really alpha stuff. Are you ever, like, not bothered by being... Because you're in everything. Like, you're always the supporting guy. Are you okay with that role? Dude, I I know what it's like to work for a living. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about that. Like, I don't care about... Like, acting is not who I am. It's what I do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't define me. It doesn't define me as a man. It doesn't define me as a person. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoy that. Like, my job... I know who's on the poster. So my job is to make the person on the poster look good. That's that's 
you know, that's who they're coming to see. They're not coming to see me. Unfortunately, they're not coming to see me. Mm-hmm. They're coming to see the guy or the gal on the poster that I'm working with. And that's my job is to elevate them and support them, find truth in the material. But, you know, I don't I don't try to steal any moments. I'm not like, I'm good with who I am. Like, I like going to the mall. I got friends who can't go to the mall. That's going to suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you go to the mall. Like, I, got a, I have one particular friend. Every time he calls me to go to a movie, I know we're going to like a four o'clock movie. Because if he goes to a seven o'clock movie, it's going to be a shit show. You know what I mean? So he's like, you know, yeah, I want to meet me at the movies four, you know, four thirty. You're like, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, you go, and it's like, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, you know, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very cool with it. I have no problem with it at all. Yeah, LeBron's not winning a title playing by himself. He needs a whole supporting yeah, cast around hey, him. You know what? It's at the end of the day. My mother raised four of us in public housing. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my brother in one room, my two sisters in the other. My mother slept on the couch. I never forgot that. You know what I mean? Um, this business has provided me an, an, an incredible life beyond my wildest dreams. I mean, I've gone to amazing places and, and met amazingly talented and bright people, but. At the end of the day, like it, it doesn't define me, you know. That's you know, I'm I'll always be a kid from Boston, you know. I live outside of Boston right now, and um, you know that's that's home for me. I don't, you know, I was in Los Angeles for 13 years. Didn't want to raise my kids there. I don't want my kids going to school being like, "Hey, my dad's working on this. What's your dad working on?" It's like, I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, you know, I'm at my son's hockey games every Saturday. I'm at my daughter's, you know, lacrosse games and volleyball games and. You know, people are like, hey, aren't you the guy? Yeah, I'm the guy. Where's the soda machine? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a dad. Do you, you know? get that all the time? The double look like, I oh, yeah. know this dude all the time? I get the, you know what I get a lot? I get a lot of, uh, did we work together? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you live on my, do you live in like, you live on my street? And like, no, you know. And then finally, but you know what, what it is, it's, a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a tricky thing because and then they go, they ask you a question like that, right? And then, you know, after like the fourth question, you finally go, I'm an actor. Right now, you got to go through your resume oh. until you hit something that they saw. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, I was on Person of Interest for five years. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, I had a show called Brotherhood for three years in Showtime. No, I didn't see that. You know, well, I've done like fifty movies. You know, so it's that's like uh, the Jerry Seinfeld bit. He's like, he hates going on a plane when he first started being a comedian. Yeah. So what do you do for work? Comedian. Mm. Be funny. And yeah, that's what right. it is. Yeah, you're an yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah. What are you in? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Tell yeah, me no, what absolutely. You're in. People are always like, well, what have, what have I seen you in? Yeah. And like, yeah, whatever. Hey, true or false, when you went to ladder, uh, Rescue 49 or Ladder, ladder 49, 49, did you go to the Fire Academy? Oh, yeah, six weeks. I heard you went like full oil. Oh, yeah, out. yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. So we went to um, the Baltimore Fire Academy, which was amazing. Um, and we had, um, oh, I'll tell you a funny story. So, so, we went to the academy during the day, and then we rode with companies at night. So um, Robert Patrick, uh, you know from the Terminator, the T-1000. Okay. okay. Him and I uh, rode with Engine 33. Baltazar Getty and Joaquin Phoenix rode uh, in, I forget, well, I think it was McCary Street or so long ago. But they were in, like, the next company, which was, like, the next district over. So Joaquin is... You know, he's Joaquin is Joaquin. He's one of the most brilliant actors, uh, I think, of, of 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 our time. I mean, he's just he's the most beautiful, humble, lovable guy you just you ever met. And he's like he's he's kind of got that same mentality. Like, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm an actor, but it's not who I am as mm-hmm. a person. You know what I mean? 
So I, I just got such great love and admiration for that guy. Um, so him and Baltazar Getty are outside smoking a cigarette outside the firehouse. The cop pulls up and he goes, hey, you guys firefighters? Get in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're like, all right. So they jump in the back of this guy's cruise and the guy takes him to uh, a crack house. And he goes, there's a fire in there, right? Take the door down. The guy's looking for a probable cause. They go in and, oh. and, 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 and arrest the crack house, right? So You smell smoke, right? Yeah. So Joaquin hits the door and, it, and bounces off the thing. He's about, you know, Joaquin's probably be 160 pounds, right? Hits the door and bounces off the thing. Hits it again, bounces off. And the cop grabs him. He goes, the hell kind of firefighters are you? You can't take the door down. Come on, so, Yeah. So he goes, well, actually, when our firefighters were actors, <laughs> the, the guy lost his mind. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> so you went, all, you went full into that role. Obviously. Yeah, that was awesome. That, I mean, what was great was because we <laughs> went to the fire academy, so it was really rather genius uh, on the behalf of Jay Russell, the director, because um, we went to the fire academy during the day. Uh, so when it came time to shoot, all we had to do was provide our function on the truck, mm-hmm. you know? So what happens is the beginning of the movie, uh, we're on truck 33. So it's Travolta, Joaquin, myself, and Kevin Daniels. So halfway through the movie, the movie takes place over a 10-year span. So when when Joaquin's character gets uh, promoted to ladder 49, Travolta gets promoted to deputy superintendent. I become the chief. I become the lieutenant on the on the pump. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's it. So it kind of it, it, it you know it gets over a ten year period, which was funny because I had to wear this like forty pound fat suit on top, you know, because with the ten ten and in, in between that and the turnout gear, I had about an extra seventy pounds on oh. me every day. So like by lunch I was cross eyed, you know. Um, but it was such a great idea by Jay Russell to do this, so that when we pulled up to the set to shoot a scene, all we had to do was do our function. And he knew where to pick us off with the camera. You know, it wasn't like we had to hit a mark mm-hmm. or anything. We just went through our regular course of action, and then he just picked up the action, you know. So it was really cool. Do you always become so engrossed in certain characters that you do stuff like that? That was, I mean, that was provided to us, so it's great. I mean, I, you know, I've done, you know, I've done, like, this thing I'm doing right now at the Showtime called City on a Hill. I've been riding with the Boston Police Drug Unit, um, which has been fun. Um, you know, in, uh, in a lot of the guys I know from the neighborhood, which is great. You know what I mean? I actually just saw this so, trailer. Steve, who's not here, sent it to yeah. me. Is that the one with Kevin Bacon? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and, the, and is it the black district attorney? Is that what? Yeah. What, what's the premise of that? So in Boston in 1990, they had, um, they had, is it 90 or 91? They had what they call referred to as the Boston Miracle. So we had 136 homicides. The following year dropped to 32. And it's referred to as the Boston Miracle. Okay. So it's basically a period of that time. So I guess really the easiest way to describe it to to um, an audience is that it's a prequel to the movie The Town. Uh, ben Affleck and Matt Damon, the producers. So it's Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Gavin O'Connor, other three producers, and Tom Fontana. Um, you've got Kevin Bacon, Aldersage, Jill Hennessy, Jonathan Tucker, Mark O'Brien. Uh, really good cast, you know, mm-hmm. great, great ensemble. So, um, yeah, it's 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 great. It's a lot of fun. And you're still filming it right now. We just, excuse me. Wednesday was my first night. We started Wednesday night. It was the first night. And so, you, uh, and you, are you loving doing it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. I mean, it's my second go with Showtime. I did a, a series with them a number of years ago called uh, Brotherhood, which was very critically that was, acclaimed. People loved it, but wasn't it loosely yeah. based on something else from Boston? Maybe. 
<laughs> I remember when that came out, it was yeah. loosely based on another infamous Boston well, guy. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's two, you know, I mean, there's a lot of Boston guys uh, who, you know, one brother's a criminal, one brother's a politician. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's dead now, so God rest his soul, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know what you're supposed to say to that, but, um, yeah, it was based on, on the bulges, yeah. I like that you kept saying you're not just an actor, you're everything else. I know you're a sports guy. I know you're into cigars. What else are you into? I mean, just really, you know, family, friends. I mean, I don't, you know, I live a pretty simple life. I mean, I've got, um, you know, I've been very blessed. And, in, in, uh, you know, I you know, ride motorcycles with my buddies and, you know, just kind of hang out. I don't really, you know, like all my friends are like, you know, plumbers and restaurant owners and like, you know. Why uh, is it that no one from Boston, everyone's so proud of being from Boston. And I'm jealous. I'm going to tell you the truth. I grew up in New York. I'm always jealous because um, you can walk down the street and a guy's wearing a Royals hat, an Angels hat, a yeah. Yankees hat, everything. You go to Boston, 99% of the people are wearing the you know the B Boston thing, which I'm yeah. jealous of. I, right. I miss that sense of big town, but everyone loves the same team. And I really miss that. What is it that gives Boston, like you think of Boston, it's the Wahlbergs, it's this. They're so proud of it. Why do they just stress Boston so much? There's so much love for it. Well, you know what it is? Boston is is a, a big city with a small-town mentality. It's it's really a small, you know. It's funny, like you could come in, you could walk into like, I tell you, know, you could go into a bar, right, and and say like you have a family member that's like sick, right? Say so you've got like, uh, you know, you got a, your dad who's got cancer or whatever, right? And you're sitting at the end of the bar and you're like, you know, man, I don't know. My dad's, you know, sick and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you hear, what's wrong with your dad? Oh, my dad's got cancer. Your dad's got cancer? Oh, there's a guy at the Mass General. He's the best in the world. Yeah, but I can't get in for six months. Hold on a second. Frankie, your <laughs> sister work at the Mass General? Yeah. She's dating the guy who's the custodian who cleans this guy's room. <laughs> you know what I mean? And next thing you know, the, the next day, the guy's father's in with this doctor. You know what I mean? Like, that's... That's Boston. Like, that's what it's about. It's like everybody, everyone's got a guy. You know what I mean? It doesn't make a difference what it is, what mm-hmm. you need. Everyone's got a, you know, if you ain't got a guy, you got a friend who's got a guy. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, so it's it's great. I love it. Is that why you want to raise your children there? You just love it? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm friends with the mayor. I'm friends with the governor. I mean, I've like, you know, it's like, it's, it's, just, it's just a great place. You know what I mean? It's like, where in the world can you live? Where you get a guy named Charlie and Marty in charge, right? <laughs> Charlie's the governor, Charlie Baker, and Marty Walsh is the mayor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where, where do you get that? You know what I mean? And you're winning all these titles. It's a place it's to great. Be. I mean, it's a great. It's just a great place. It's 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 a great place. It's, it, you know, it's a great. Uh, I just I love it. I really do. Now, what are you doing? You're you're filming in New York, or you just yeah, we're shooting in in New York. Um, so we're shooting some of it. We're shooting some of the interiors in New York, and then, then I guess we're going to Boston for the exteriors. Because you said you're driving around to Boston like narco team and filming in New York. You like filming in New York or no? I do enjoy filming in New York. I what, really do. Why <laughs> is that? Just the, you know, just the, it's it's a very transient uh, place, Manhattan. You know what I mean? People from all walks of life, and it's, it's just always something going on. You can go out at four in the morning, as they say. You know, the city that never sleeps. It's definitely in the city that never sleeps. Um. So yeah, it's great for me. It's like a playground. Mm-hmm. I come to New York, you know, I play, and then I go home. You know what I mean? Could I stay here and, you know, get a you know an apartment in the West Village? Nah, I don't know about that. But for me, it's a playground. Like when I when I shot Person of Interest, I I lived in Astoria, which I really. Oh, liked. where? I just yeah. moved there. 
I was on 32nd Street between 34th and 35th. I, well, I don't want to say where I live. Yeah. I, I live uh, two blocks from there. But dude, you're not that famous. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't, I don't want to say where I live because my, my fans will follow me. Okay. Two winos on Broadway listening <laughs> to this friggin' podcast over here. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a radio they stole. <laughs> I live on 32nd. My Bro- public. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my persona to be shattered. I, yes, I yeah, just went to a store. I can't tell them. They might find me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the story is nice. I just moved. I lived in the city for like seven or eight years. I just moved to a story like six months ago. I liked it because uh, for me, we, we actually shot <laughs> Silver Cup East. And so it was, you know, a close proximity to, um, the, you know, to the studio in Long Island City. But um, also, I just like I like the community. I like to walk around. I like to like go to my little bagel shop, and I like, you know, did my little things. It was cool, you know. Um, I was gonna buy a property there. My account was like, no, 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 and I kicked myself in the ass because if I had purchased it. By the time the show was over, I would have like quadrupled my money because it's just the, the you know the property just went crushed the roof. It, it, it's out yeah. of control over there now. Yeah, but yeah. I I like I really like a story. I mean, I really I really dig that community. Yeah, it's like honestly, it's like Manhattan Light. That's basically what. Yeah, it it's is. really nice. I mean, like I say, it was not you know everything was right there at your fingertips. Um, so I, yeah, I really, I really dug that sobriety because I actually wasn't going to bring it up. But yeah, you, you brought it up over twenty years. Yeah, be uh yeah twenty be God willing twenty eight and. Uh, Enjoy. That's incredible. Day to time. And you still you do the meetings thing? You still do all you Well, of, you know, it's an anonymous program. I just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm abstinent from, from, from that's drugs incredible. and alcohol, you know? Yeah. You, you were out of control in the 80s? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, you know, I grew up in public housing. I mean, mm-hmm. I went to, you know, fine educational institutions like the Martin Luther King School. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, it was either fight or get high. <laughs> 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 um. But yeah, so you know, I I was twenty eight and I was just like, you know what, my life is not going anywhere and like, you know, just um one day I just said, yeah, I'm done. What and then when did you get the job with the mayor? So, um Yeah, dates uh, my um, my my wife <laughs> can tell me something that happened like fourteen years ago on a Tuesday. I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. Um so I worked for the mayor so let me see, twenty eight, ninety one. So I went to work with the mayor like ninety four. I want to say uh, I came in with his administration, ninety three, somewhere around there. Uh, and obviously he was a great guy. The mayor Minion was. You were so guy. qualified from just. You know what was funny? <clears throat> I was a guy that always knew a lot of people, and I was, you know, and uh, a, a dear friend of mine, Mike Knevey, um <clears throat> Excuse me, who's a you know is a great story in his own right. Salty kid. <clears throat> Wild child, you know, salty high, dropped out in the 10th grade, um, you know, put his life together, got his GED, um, undergrad, graduate's degree, goes to work in Capitol Hill for congressman, and, you know, just a phenomenal uh, phenomenal guy and, 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 and a great mentor and, and, and power of example to me. Um, you know, he came to me and he was like, look, you know, come with us. He's like, help this guy get elected. Because the guy, his opponent that Mayor Menino was running against was this guy named Jim Brett, who lived around, literally lived around the corner from me. Okay. So everybody and their mother was with Jim Brett in my neighborhood, right? And uh, so they said, look, come with us and help, you know, help Mayor Menino. And we, you do, and we'll take care of you. And that's, that's what they did. They were good to their word. And 
Um, I used to drive the mayor crazy. Oh, my God. He, I used to drive him out of his mind. With what? Uh, oh, just shit. You know, just crazy <laughs> shit. I would say crazy shit. And, <laughs> you know, he would just lose his mind. I was at a, so I met a community. <laughs> I met a community meeting one time. Right. Um, there's a there's a, it's in an African-American community. There's probably 600 people in the room. Right. And so there's me. Um, there's the Caribbean liaison. There's a Latino liaison. There's the Vietnamese liaison. The, you know, so there's like nine liaisons, right, for the mayor, all at this meeting. The police commissioner, you know, 14 reverends. You know, it was just, you know. So we go through the room. Everyone's introducing themselves, right? And so it comes to me, and I go, yeah, I'm the mayor's overweight liaison, right? <laughs> trying, to, trying to break the tension of the room, right? So the back half of the room swapping down i said the all white liaison right they call the boston herald the next day oh i'm in the God. front page of the herald right <laughs> <laughs> saying i'm the all white liaison right the mayor lost his mind he's like choppy what are you doing <laughs> so we're at a golf tournament he's bringing me around introducing everybody as his white liaison so yeah shit like that would happen to me all the time you know uh Funny, I well, you know, it, and it, well, I, <laughs> I, ironically enough, right? So ironically enough, it was it was that negative press that pushed me to go to Los Angeles because I was working. So I do Monument Ave, um, I do a small role in Cider House Rules. You know, these are movies like outside of the city now because. Mm-hmm. What happened is I I, um, I end up working for the film commission in city, right? So I go from neighborhood services where I was the mayor's liaison. The mayor goes, what do you want to do next? And I go, hey, this film thing's cool. Let me, let me go work in the film office, right? Okay. So I go work in the film office for the city. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So this, this reporter from the Herald, Boston Herald, his name was Steve, Steve Morantz, I think his name was. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because this, you know, this guy would call his office and go, hey, how's that dying business going? I made another million dollars. So uh, so this guy, Steve Morantz, calls me up from the Herald. And he goes, don't you find it funny that you're uh, being in all these movies and you, run, you work at the film office? And I go, oh, no. <laughs> he goes, because every movie that I had done wasn't in the city of Boston. The only one I had ever done was Monument Ave, which was the very first one. Mm-hmm. Everything else was like, you know, Western Mass, Maine, you know. So he goes, well, I find it funny. And then the, you know, then the Dorchester me come out, and I, you know, maybe threw a couple choice words at him. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, I'm in the front page of the Boston Herald with a two-page pullout. And the headline of the paper, I got the paper at the house. It says, acting official. No. Uh, and yeah, right? That's the a bo- great, great headline, yeah. by the Boston, way. Great headline. Boston, Boston Herald, right? So the mayor calls me up. He goes, what's going on with this? I go, man, I go, nothing's going on with it, you know? He says, well, look, you either got to act or you got to work for me. And I looked him right dead in the eye, and I went, it was really nice working wow. for you. And he went to me, he goes, what, what do you mean? I go, I'm leaving. He goes, when? I go, Saturday. And and he was like, what do you mean? Like, he was like, he, he, he could not, I go, man, I go, this guy questioned my integrity. I said, now I have to stuff it up his ass. Holy shit. And that was the thing. I that was what I went to, <clears throat> and I moved to Los Angeles. And, and obviously, like we said, you had nothing lined in up. In the newspaper, business is dying. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and Kev, you had nothing lined up. This guy's pumping gas <laughs> now, right now, as a matter of fact. Hey, Steve, check the oil, <laughs> will you? <ya? laughs>
<laughs> and you had nothing lined up out in there. I had shit lined up. <laughs> but it pissed me off. Yeah. Though, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't turn my life around to have somebody question my integrity. And that was the thing. It was like, you know, you, 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 you're you saying that I'm cheating, that I'm, that, you know, that I'm dishonest. And that you're not talented enough on your own, that you're using your hooks to it get in there. It wasn't about that. Like, where I said, where I grew up, there was no, you know, when I, I talk about this with kids and stuff, you know, it's like, growing up, where I grew up, there was no actors. There was no nothing. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, the Donnie Wahlberg was the guy who, like, kind of blazed. We grew up in the same neighborhood, you know what I mean, in Dorchester. Though, you know, Donnie is much younger than me, but he was kind of the guy who kind of blazed the way to show, like, a street kid, like, hey, you can do this. You know what I mean? And, like, when they did the new kids in the block and they, mm-hmm. you know, blew up and then mocked did his thing and then, you know... um, like where I grew up, there was there was none of that. There was no, you know, you didn't get on the corner and go, "Hey, I want to be a poet, or I want to be an actor, or I want to be a painter." Or, you know what I mean? It was like, it was funny because I knew I knew my career even as a as a middle aged man. Okay, I knew my career was on the rise when I no longer became the brunt of the joke. You know what I mean? Because you walk in the bar and they go, "Hey, De Niro, why don't you get us a beer?" You know what I mean? And then it went, <laughs> it went from that to, "Hey, Kevin Chapman's a friend of mine." You know, hey, Kevin's my cousin. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know, you can see it escalating. You know what I mean? That's when you knew, like, things were starting to change a little bit, you know? Two more industry questions, because I'm not in the industry. IMDb says you're a producer. You yeah, like, I produced a couple movies. You like producing? You know what? It's babysitting. I mean, it really is. It's like, uh, you know, I did, uh, I did first movie I did with Jay uh, called Lonely Street. It was Robert Patrick, Jay Moore, Joe Montana, Ernie Hudson, Paul Rodriguez, Nikki Cox, Joe Montana. Uh, it was a little movie we made for a million dollars. It was actually a really cool concept. Um, this private eye, bumbling private eye, gets uh, approached, played by Jay Moore, to uh, to protect this client because he got someone following him. And he comes to find out the client is Elvis. He's actually still alive. Okay. And the and the guy following him is a reporter, played by John O'Donoghue, who was, by the way, a once a New York cop. Uh, he was on NYPD Blue and a uh, bunch of other stuff. But... Um, so yeah, so that was basically the premise of that movie. And Robert Patrick played Elvis, and it was it was a fun little movie. We made it for like I don't know, a million bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And then the last movie I did um, was originally called Whiskey Bay, and Sony made us change it to Bad Country, and it was about the infiltration of the Aryan Brotherhood. Uh, my partner Chris Brinker, um, who who was you know my he was like my, my LA bro, he was my my good good friend, died. Uh, during the making of the movie, he he was the director, and he had a, a aortic aneurysm, the same thing that killed uh, uh, John Ritter. Okay, and he had it while we were shooting the show. We were doing pickup shots, and he died during during the making of the film. You know, um, so once he died, I just kind of like, you know, I just kind of lost my passion for it because CB was one of these guys that you know Chris produced uh, the Boondock Saints movies uh-huh. as well. Um, but he was one of those guys, like, you never had to have a contract. You never had to, you know, he was a, you know, he, he got it. You know what I mean? And you knew that the worst you were going to be treated with him was fair. And that's all I asked for. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, Hollywood is so, it's, you know, everything starts off on the right foot. Everything starts off like, yeah, we're going to do this together and it's going to be awesome. It's all we're legit, so much right? fun. It's all legit. And then the money comes into play. And then next thing you know, you guys are putting knives in your back and you're like, whoa, I thought we were buddies. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, from, you know, where I grew up, you do shit like that, you end up in the back of a dumpster somewhere, you know. So, you know, I just, for me, I just kind of stay clear of that, you know. And I have my agents and my managers and lawyers, they take care of the business side of it, and I do the acting side. And, 
I find my life is a little bit um, easier that way. You're known, I think, mostly, because I always go by my family. If I say, hey, so-and-so is coming on the show, whatever they say they know him from or this, mm-hmm. that's what. When I sent a picture of you, oh, person of interest, everyone knows you from that. Yeah. How'd that come about? Well, <clears throat> I did a series called uh, Brotherhood mm-hmm. um, on Showtime, and uh, Jonathan Nolan and Greg Plagman, uh, Jonathan Nolan was the creator. He's the brother of Chris Nolan. Uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy. I mean, just like just you know, one of these guys is kind of intimidating. He's like four conversations ahead of you, you know. Um, they were big Brotherhood fans, so when I walked in for the audition, they were like Freddie Cork, you know, and that, and and so I, you know, read and and they got the gig, and uh, it was great. I mean, with five year run, it was fantastic. I had. And it's popular it's everywhere. That show is global, huge. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, global. I mean, it's you know, it's it's in, still. I mean, even when I walk in the streets in New York, people you know come up to me like, "Hey, Fusco, hey, love you, hey," you know. So, yeah, it's been a very, very blessed. That was a great show. Is that still your Twitter handle? It was P O I Fusco. It was when because when we did the show, mm-hmm. um, the network wanted us. I used to live tweet with the fans during the show. So that's why I had POI Fusco. And the show ended. It's back. It's Kevin. You know, it's Ke- at Kevin Chapman. It's just at Kevin Chapman, I think. Yeah, yeah. don't go on it because you're going to see all Red Sox and all Boston stuff. Hey, you yeah. were at the Super Bowl, weren't you? I was. I took my son. Yes. Kind of cool. So I took my son. So <laughs> I, my son goes to Boston College High School. Um, he leaves at like 630 in the morning. Okay. So my daughter had a Brady jersey. So I say to my daughter, give me that jersey. So my son's 630 in the morning. My son's getting ready to go to school. I go, hey, buddy, try this shirt on. I say, Chris, is it? It'll fit you, but I don't think it will. So he puts it on. He goes, yeah, it, it fits. So I go, I go, hey, before you take it off, I go, what's that piece of paper on the island over there, will you? And he's like looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, just grab me that piece of paper there. And he goes over and lifts it up, and it's the boarding pass for Atlanta. And when he saw it, he was like, oh, my God, we're going to Super Bowl. And he starts jumping around the kitchen, you know. So it's, it was kind of cool. And that was your first ever championship going with him? With him, yeah. Usually mm-hmm. I go with, with the guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, the Super Bowl is kind of an adult yeah. thing. But you got parties and whatnot, you know what I mean? So I never, I'd always go with my buddies. Uh, and how old is your son? 14. All right, I'm going to yeah. tell you my story with that. My dad, 96, Cal Ripken Jr. grounds out to Jeter. Yankees win the ALCS. Uh, we're at my aunt's house in Queens. <clears throat> we go back home to Staten Island. My dad's like, I'm going to get World Series tickets for us. I'm 15 years old. I said, okay. Like, I I didn't yeah. know there was – you didn't go on StubHub 96 yeah. and go on. He said, I'll be back soon. Two days. Kev, two days he slept outside Yankee Stadium. Really? Okay. And after the first day, he called my... I thought he was going to say he never came back. No, no. <laughs> he met some hot Spanish girl in the Bronx. Never saw him again. <laughs> I watched the game at home. <laughs> he met a stripper from Thailand. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, he calls my mom from the... He's, I'm, I'm leaving you. He calls yeah. my mom from payphone. He's like, this isn't looking good. And my mom... Listen, he's still trying. I'm like, listen, mm. okay. I'm sleeping. He wakes me up at like four in the morning. <laughs> I, I got two tickets, and this is your new mom. <laughs> he got two Come tickets. Come on, we're sneaking in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got, he got two tickets, and it was for game six, 96, on my 16th birthday. Oh, that's awesome. And, and to this day, it's hands down the yeah. greatest moment of my life. So yeah. your son, because I saw you tweet the picture. Yeah, yeah. That's like the greatest thing. Well, it's funny. Do. I took the video, too. I took a video of him while he was uh, with the whole jersey and everything on, too. So that was kind of cool. That's incredible. Yeah. All right. So I'm taking my daughter to Hamilton tonight. So I took in the Super Bowl last week, and so I felt like I had to do something with my daughter. So, Oh, is that why she, she's coming in? She's coming in in the morning. She's coming in at like 11, 15 or something. Okay. And uh, we're going to go retail therapy and then uh, go see Hamilton. 
I always ask this to everyone on my show. You and I are out. People don't know who you are, whatever. Who's the coolest dude in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you back? Uh, I mean, there's, there's a, you know. The coolest one. Hmm. Coolest person on my phone. It depends. Like, I got some I got some pretty cool people on my phone. Give me one <laughs> sport. Two, two, with sports guys, give me one sports one and one, uh, like, Hollywood or other kind of famous guy. Ray Bork. That's a great answer, okay. Um, Joaquin. Those Joaquin okay. Phoenix. Those are two good answers. All right. Yeah. I'll accept those two answers. I'm always yeah. curious who they're in the phone with. So if you text them, they'll just text you back. Yeah. That's pretty wild. But, you know, I mean, Hollywood's like, you know, Hollywood's a funny, um, like, you know, Hollywood is a very funny thing because you're like, you're like gypsies. So you go, you work on something, you're, you're, together for you know an extended period of time and like every day hanging out hanging out hanging out doing this doing that and then all of a sudden it's over and then you don't see them again and then the next time you see them like five years it's like hey what's up but it's like you're almost kind of a stranger at that point you know what i mean so and also if like, you randomly text them they're probably like what does this dude want is he trying to get would that help yeah i mean i'm I'm not that guy. I'm so I. I mean, I've got. I'm. I'm a guy who always kind of keeps in touch with people, um, to a certain degree. But, um, I should say those who want to be kept in touch with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I got a full life. I got friends of mine I've known for <coughs> forty years. I can't keep up with. I, I, I'm not gonna try to keep up with Joaquin or Sean Penn or whatever. Like, you know, they got. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. So, after I do so on Mystic River. Um. My wife and I um, go back to Los Angeles. Now, when we did Mystic River, Sean Penn and I were together every day, right? So Sean does 21 grams after that with uh, Alejandro. I'm walking. I'm at the farmer's market. We live in L.A. I'm at the farmer's market in L.A. Um, walking. We just had my daughter at the time. My phone rings and Sean's assistant. He says, Sean, he wants to know what you're doing. I said, I'm right now. I'm at the farmer's market. What's up? <laughs> He goes, he wants you to come down to Memphis and play his college roommate in 21 Grams. So in the movie, I have one scene in 21 Grams where we're sitting around at a table. I'm his old college roommate, and you know. So it was more about kind of hanging out, I think it was, than, mm-hmm. you know, because it was just, just kind of one scene, you know. Um, <clears throat> and I'll tell you a funny story about that. So, so Sean... You know, he goes, yeah, Sean figured you'd do that. He goes, so she goes, Sean got a suite. He goes, you can have one half. And you know, have the other, and you guys will share a trailer, and you know, you just guys are gonna hang out. So I'm like, cool. So he goes, go to the airport. There's a ticket waiting for you. My wife's like, go ahead, go ahead. So go to the airport. Ticket waiting for you. Get on the plane, fly to Memphis. Walking through the Memphis airport, and I look, and Clint Eastwood's daughter Allison is on the cover of Playboy magazine. Now I want to look at it because she's kind of hot, right? <laughs> But I just done worked with her father for two mm. months, so I'm like feeling like a little funny about this, right? Mm. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> so I walk by it four times before I buy it. Right? <laughs> so I buy it. I get to the hotel, knock on the door. Sean's assistant Tyrell opens the door, and he goes, "Sean's in the." So you walk in, and to the right is one room, and to the left is the other room. I'm in the room on the left. He, Sean's in the room on the right. Sean's in the other room, and I walk in. I go, Shawnee, to tell him about the Playboy magazine, right? And he goes, I already seen it. 
<laughs> but to tell you how cool my wife is, so so after <laughs> so after we finish that, right, Sean calls me up and he goes, Look, I want you to come up to the house for the weekend uh and put our families together and hang out, right? And uh so I'm like, all right, cool. So I rent a car, right? And my wife and I and my daughter and, and you know, we're driving up to uh, Marin to spend the weekend at Sean Penn's house. But halfway up, my wife looks at me and she goes, the fuck are we going to Sean Penn's house for the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I go, why? What's up? She goes, where's the connection? He goes, he's a movie star. You're not. He's a millionaire. You're not. You know. You're sober. He's not. <laughs> like, what? What do you guys have in common? You know what I mean? And I'm like, she got a point. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> but when Sean Penn invites you, you're going. So yeah. But I went up for the weekend, and that was the last time we ever saw each other. Oh really? So yeah. It must have been a shitty like, time. Yeah, yeah. I bet you his wife or his girl probably yeah. said the same thing. Why are you sending Chapman up? Yeah. You're a millionaire. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you're a sports guy too. Any memorabilia from either sports you're into or from movie sets and stuff? I'm always see who collects like weird shit. I have a chair from the original Boston Garden signed by Bobby Orr in my man cave. I have two seats from Yankee Stadium, not signed by anyone. Yeah. Thanks for one up me. That and then I have, um, I have a 1974 Bobby Orr pinball machine. Bobby, it's called Bobby Orr Power Play. So I saw it at the Hockey Hall of Fame. Okay. And I was like, I got to have one of these. So the story behind it is, so the Bobby on the pinball machine is wearing a Chicago Blackhawks uniform. Because if you recall, when he left the Bruins, mm-hmm. he signed with the Chicago Blackhawks. But they, by that time, his knees were putty. But Chicago, uh, the company Bally that makes pinball machines, is a Chicago-based company. So they wanted to do something to welcome Bobby to Chicago when he came to the Blackhawks. So they created the Bobby Orr Power Play pinball machine. But he's wearing a Chicago Blackhawks uniform. Oh. And on the pinball machine, he's a right-handed shot, and Bobby was a left-handed shot. So, you know, they didn't really quite know mm-hmm. much about him. So I was at the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto, and I saw it, and I was like, i got to have one of these. So I contacted this uh, pinball aficionado, and I told him, I said, look, this is what I want, blah, blah, blah. Find it, refurbish it, and deliver it to my house. And so that's... that's. Is he wearing Boston or Chicago? He's wearing Chicago. He's wearing oh, so he went old school. Yeah, good, yeah, good, yeah. good. No, it doesn't, there's no option. It was that the, the company Bally, which is a Chicago-based company, produced the pinball machine, to welcome him to the Chicago Blackhawks. So he's, they're all, you know, he's wearing a Chicago Blackhawks uniform. How about anything from movie sets? Any, any kind of stuff you kept from movie sets? Uh, <coughs> yeah, I've, I've got a ton of stuff. I mean, I've got, so, um, do you remember the actor J.T. Walsh? No, I don't watch movies. So, J.T. Walsh was in, um, I mean, he's been in everything. He was in Blue Chips. He was in, um, uh, well, I've seen, few, I've few, seen few Good Men. I've seen Blue Chips. Have you ever seen Few Good Men? No. With Tom Cruise? Why, why, why am I even talking no, about I don't know. Steve, <laughs> Steve gets so mad at me. He's like, bro, you know he's here so-and-so. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I never saw The Godfather. I have yeah. no idea what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so J.T. Walsh is a legendary actor. He was in A Few Good Men. People would remember him from uh, the movie A Few Good Men. He played the colonel who blew his brains out, right? So he was a legendary character guy. I mean, he's been in everything. He was in. He played. Uh, he played Fitzpatrick and Hoffa with Jack Nicholson. He, I mean, you know, this guy's resume goes on and on and on. All right. His son was a friend of mine. JT died. When JT died, his son, he, his, uh, JT had left his son the house, and his son was cleaning the, the place out. 
in his dad's army footlocker from the Korean War he threw in the dumpster. And I was like, dude, can I have that? And he's like, yeah. So I went in the dumpster and dug it out. That's cool. Shit. And I put all of my memorabilia from anything I've done over the years in this case, which is kind of a time capsule for my kids. Oh, that's you know? cool shit. And I've always felt that the JT trunk was my good luck charm, you know? So, um, so yeah, so I've got a ton of stuff in there. I've got, you know, like I got the clock from the movie Ladder 49 that was in the firehouse. Mm-hmm. And then I had everyone sign it. Um, and, you know, that's in my, you know, that's in my man cave. And, um, you know, I get all kinds of shit. Footballs, huh? Yeah, Fusco Shields. No, you know what I do have? I have the Fusco, um, I have a, a Fusco, um, like a figurine that someone from China made me out of clay. It says Fusco. It's on like a glass. Well, but you know what I do have? I have the um, the little cop that was on my desk with the camera in it. I have that. Oh, that's uh, wild. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> CBS would be like, I want that yeah. back. City on the Hill, besides that. What, like, what about the prosthetic from Brotherhood? Was that real? That wasn't a prosthetic. That was me. That was the <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> besides what you're doing now, are you doing a Biggie movie, a Biggie Tupac movie? Because I think I Googled you walking here. I did. Yeah, I did. Well, they, I, I did that a couple of years ago. Okay. It hasn't come out yet. I don't know what's going on. It was with Johnny Depp and uh, Forrest Whitaker. So you finally um, got to work with Johnny on. Depp. Thank God. Yeah. And then I got a movie coming out, uh, I believe in March, with Michelle Monaghan um, called St. Judy. Uh, with uh, f- it's Michelle Monaghan, Common, Alfred Molina, um, good cast. You still loving it? You still loving the ride? Yeah, man, it's fun. I mean, what you know, it's it's great. I mean, well, you know, you can go out and it's funny. You know, Jonah Nolan says to me one day, he says, you know, uh, he says, Chappie, how's it going? I said, well, let's recap. He said, you pick me up in a van, you take me to a place where you feed me. <laughs> you tell me what to say. You tell me where to stand. You tell me what to wear. So then you feed me again. At the end of that, you bring me back where you found me. You give me a nice big fat check. Everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> what else can you say? <laughs> Kevin Chapman. <laughs> hey, where are on our level of friendship until I can call you Chappie? What's your name again? <laughs> oh, gosh, okay. Somebody told me this was the Mark Marin podcast. No, no. I got duped. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, one last thing. I'm a big boxing guy. Mickey Ward, uh, Irish boxer from yeah. up there, you know? Yeah. Oh, seriously? Mm-hmm. Good. You're gonna get me on my, him on the show. I have a ton of boxes on. Yeah, he don't watch boxing either. This guy. No, I'm a big boxing guy. <laughs> hey, get me on the show. Yeah, no, uh, I don't watch boxing. You want to? It's weird because I went on uh, Twitter. You don't follow me yet, and I actually yeah. looked at mutual followers. And why does like serious XM boxing follow you? Are you a big boxing guy? I go to a fair amount of boxing. Well, when I was when uh, when I did Brotherhood, I used to go to a lot of boxing events with Showtime. You know, mm-hmm. it was funny. Okay. You go to the Staples Center, <laughs> Staples Center in LA for boxing, like. Whole sections would fight whole sections. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. All these Mexican dudes in like section 15, they're going, Yo, bro, we're fucking them up, bro. <laughs> you would say, the fight in the ring would be horrible. You can run and look, these guys would be killing each other in the stands. When, when I work out, when I run, I do, uh, I'll watch old boxing matches. Yeah. Run for the three minutes, walk for a minute. So it's funny you said that last night I put on, uh, it was Delo Hoya versus Mayorga. Yeah. And in the crowd, he, he's from Nicaragua yeah. versus Mexico. The oh, yeah. crowad was fighting, and you could tell that the. Jim Lampley didn't want to mention it. Yeah. Because you would just see him look up. Or yeah. like, oh, yeah. No, even the boxes in the ring would be yeah. looking up. It was crazy. <laughs> no, the Staples Center, we would see it. It would be absolutely out of the out of control. But I have a, uh, a friend of mine has, um, I have a, you know, a bunch of guys I knew growing up uh, were boxers. It was funny. Sean Mannion was from Boston. Mm-hmm. 
Sean Mannion was Sean Mannion at the time was number two behind Marvin Hagler. Marvin Hagler was the champ of the world. Sean Mannion was number two, and we used to laugh because Sean used to like to drink a little bit. We used to be Sean Mannion number two in the world, but fifth in Phil's corner. <laughs> <laughs> Because every weekend you'd see him on Dart Out, like, hold on, put him up, put him up. <laughs> but we had, you know, we had, uh, we had, um, you know, Peter McNeely mm-hmm. was from Boston. We had Rock and Robbie Sims. Vinny Paz used yeah. to, I used to watch Vinny Paz fight in the AAUs. Uh, mm-hmm. And his dad was his trainer back then. His dad, you know, his dad, I think he got a worse beating in the corner from his old <laughs> man than he did from the, from the guy he was fighting, you know what I mean? Because his dad was, his dad was no joke, you know? So I used to watch him fight, and uh, you know we had—I mean, we had some really great fights. Mm-hmm. There was a kid. There was a kid, Frankie McDonald. Uh, have you ever read the book All Souls? It was about this kid, Mike McDonald, but growing up in, in the D Street projects. His brother Frankie, I think, would have been a world champion. Um, you know, he got a little sidetracked, and he grew up in the D Street projects, and you know, mm-hmm. something—I don't know—something happened. I don't know quite the story, so I shouldn't comment it. But Frankie's no longer with us. But Frankie was a phenomenal boxer. I mean, he was such a talented kid. He had the Atado brothers. Uh, my buddy Mark, the, this guy I grew up with, Mark DeLuca, his son is fighting right now, Bazooka DeLuca, and uh, he's making, you know, he's climbing up the ranks. He just fought on um, uh, what's it, Golden Boy? Okay. Uh, Golden Boy production? Yeah, yeah, he just did fight the Golden Boy production, I think, a couple of months ago. And uh, a friend of mine, Ken Casey, has uh, the band Dropkick Murphys. Of course, yeah. Yeah, so Ken has Ken lives around the corner from me, um, and and he has this Murphy boxing. So he's got like four or five guys that he handles that he's kind of bringing up to the ranks. So usually, you know, when when he has an event, I'll you know usually try to go if I'm in town or something, you know. And we'll end with this: which championship meant the most to you? I'm gonna think it's the '04 Red Sox. You know, I'm. I mean, I'm a Red Sox fan, kinda, but I'm a huge like hockey, hockey football also guy. Yeah, Bruins you know. and the Patriots. Yeah, yeah it would, for me, it would probably go Bruins, Patriots, Celtics, and then Red Sox. Okay. You know. So which championship um, for you was like the pinnacle? You could have died after that title. I would probably say the eleven Bruins championship. You know. Really. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I say, I'm a see. I've been a season ticket holder for ten years. I've got. Um, you know, a lot of friends, um, I know a lot of people that played in the NHL and, um, you know, hockey is, you know, a big part of my life. I Did you celebrate when Ray Bull got the title in Yeah, Colorado? how can you not celebrate okay, okay. for Ray? Ray's the greatest guy in the world. I mean, he's, a, you know, he's just the greatest guy in the world. He's, you know, him, Brian Leach, I know a little bit too. I mean, you know, you want to talk about a humble guy. I mean, just, you know, the salt of the earth. Both those guys, just the salt of the earth, just humble and just, you know, very blessed for the lives they had and um, just all about their families. And, like, how can you not cheer for a guy like that, you know? Chappie, this was a pleasure. My pleasure, Mark Marin. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. All right, buddy. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.